Hi there, welcome to Active Intelligence. I hope you'll spend the next half an hour or so with me as we take a look at some cultural issues from a variety of points of view. The goal is balance rather than bias and that you don't have to be afraid that if your point of view isn't considered PC that you need to be ashamed of that or keep that to yourself. We're going to explore all kinds of ideas including the ones that are not popular in our culture at the moment. Speaking of culture, we're talking about cultural appropriation today on Active Intelligence. On today's episode, I caught up with Brad Harmy. He's a lecturer and an author and an expert on cultural appropriation from the Māori perspective, although not a Māori issue, but one that is common to many indigenous groups, ethnic groups around the world are experiencing this phenomena dubbed cultural appropriation. Let's start off in Christchurch, where the Shakti Mat people got in trouble, this time with the Hindu community, for borrowing some Hindu phrases to promote their Shakti. Shakti Mats, that one was dubbed religious appropriation. Uh, there was uh, an exhibition at the Christchurch Art Gallery where an image of a European woman dressed as a Māori woman was deemed to be cultural appropriation. Great offence is taken when things are borrowed without permission. But of course, offence is not always intended. Let's go to the US, to the Family Feud game show, where Steve Harvey met the Newhart family, who had been to New Zealand, had lived here, had learnt to play rugby and learnt to do the haka. I actually, uh, actually lived and played rugby in New Zealand. And actually in New Zealand they have this tradition where they bring on a little challenge to dance and I think we could break it out for you right now. You oh, I've I seen it on rugby before. Oh, yeah. The, the New Zealand Blacks. Yeah, the New Zealand All Blacks. Yeah, yeah All Blacks, yeah. yeah. I, I rooted for them just, you know, because of their name. <laughs> but the name is All Blacks, and so that became my favorite rugby team. That's the only rugby team I know. That's crazy. And, and, we have and they a... do the little. Yeah, we have a new heart hucker for We'd you. Like we'll do, to do it. That for you, you, yeah. you have a what's we it called? The hucker. Uh, okay, who does it? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Let's do this. Karite! Karite! Kamahui! Kamate! Kamate! Kora! Kora! Kamate! Kamate! Kora! Kora! Wachikichera! I think we can all agree that the Newhart family did not mean to offend in any way, shape or form. That was not the goal of them doing the haka. In fact, it was obviously something they were quite proud of, that they'd learnt to do, that probably was a bit of a party piece as a family, one might imagine. And Steve Harvey's attempt at the end, of course, was probably more out of humour and an attempt to play along. Clearly, he didn't know much about the haka. But offence was not the goal, but offence is not the problem. The problem is taking things that don't belong to you and devaluing them by just deciding that uh, you can use whatever you like and borrow that from another culture. 
You see, there's a big difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. As Rosanna Deerchild explains, as she was looking forward to Halloween and the fact that many would be dressing up as Native Americans. I'm talking about those horrifying costumes. You've seen them. Princess Pocahontas, Reservation Royalty, the brave Cherokee warrior with the plastic tomahawk and all its ilk. Yes, you too can be Indigeni for the low, low price of just $29.99, oppression not included. Now, as Indigenous peoples, we come from beautiful cultural backgrounds. Many non-Indigenous people admire. I mean, I get it. The beauty in our culture and traditions fascinates you. There's just one problem. We are not costumes. Let me explain the difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. What exactly is cultural appropriation? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Cultural appropriation is when someone takes elements from a culture not their own and remakes and reduces it into a meaningless pop cultural item. I'm thinking hipster headdresses, tribal face paint, and yes, those so-called Halloween harmless fun costumes. It's not harmless fun. That headdress, for example, traditionally a headdress is gifted to leaders who have earned the right to wear one. Receiving a headdress involves ceremonies and protocols and is considered to be a sacred item and it takes many years for these leaders to earn one. And that Pocahontas and sexy buck outfit? Well, they play off dangerous stereotypes of indigenous people as mythical and historical creatures that once but no more roam this great land. Like the Seminole, Navajo, Kickapoo, like the Cherokee, I'm an Indian too. Cultural appropriation can be harmful because it is an extension of centuries of racism, genocide, and oppression. Cultural appropriation treats marginalized cultures as free for the taking. So not cool. On the other hand, cultural appreciation truly honors our nation's arts and cultures. When you appreciate, you take the time to learn and interact, to gain understanding of a culture or cultures different from your own. It is a cultural exchange based in mutual respect. The key is consent and participation. If it is about us, then it must include us. A few ways you can truly appreciate Indigenous peoples and culture know our history. I don't mean just yours or mine, I mean our collective history. So we truly understand where we come from and where we come together. Remember, appreciation good, appropriation bad. So cultural appropriation is a different issue from cultural appreciation and I'm not sure that many of us have picked up on the nuance on the difference from that but you can certainly see uh, particularly if we think back a generation how easy it was to distill a people group down to just a few uh, kind of stereotypical images and items and of course in this day and age that won't fly and for good reason because people are way more complicated than that it's not fair to reduce anyone down to a stereotype but more than that that things that are 
precious that have meaning in other cultures, to simply take them and use them as we please without any consideration, well, certainly this is no longer something that's acceptable and we can probably see for some good reason, which is why I thought it was important to catch up with a local expert about this issue. I spoke with Brad Harmy, who is a lecturer and an author, about what he thought about Air New Zealand trying to trademark the phrase Kia ora. Oh, I think that um, people use cultural imagery or words or ideas for um, like a marketing tool or part of the sale of their businesses or uh, and things like that. And I, I think a lot of the times cultural pe- people in the in the cultures kind of see um, their, this as cultural misappropriation. Because they, they, a lot of us, for example, we don't, we get upset when people use Māori words or Māori ideas um, or images uh, to market their products, but it's in, in an inappropriate way. Or we would, what we would deem to be sacred or personal is now being used uh, for something we would say that is not sacred, if you get what I mean. So in that so, instance, um, the not sacred thing is the making money or is the not sacred thing, in a sense, the wrong group, a group that has no personal ownership over that idea, that word, that symbol, uh, using it? I think it, it's both things. The commercial, um, the commerciality of cultural ideas and cultural, um, you know, terms or imagery uh without informed consent from the people is considered uh, wrong. But also when you've got people from outside of that culture who don't really understand the fullness of those, um, the cultural aspects, uh, that that is also what we would consider to be incorrect. Unless, um, you know, the people have sought out, the people wanting to use a cultural aspect have actually, uh, you know, done their due diligence to enter enter into conversation with, um, you know, cultural parties that actually have the mana to be able to give them that right. If you go to me, so yeah, it, it is a it's a big issue. It's something that we, well, not not uh, me personally, but we as a people. We can, you know, you, you tend to recognise it quickly, like postcards, I suppose. You know, people would take Māori po- photographs all around the place uh, in sacred spaces or in areas, and then they'll make a postcard out of it and send it out around the world, as, and they'll sell it. And we, we see that as cultural appropriation, where someone um, is using an intellectual property right, I suppose, an intellectual... Uh, and using it for their own personal gain, which we would say, well, actually, did you get permission? And that image is being used for your your uh, commercial profit. And do you give a percentage of it back to the original um, owners of that that image, or? the in in some way so you have all of these 
the big topic of intellectual property rights actually becomes part of cultural misappropriation. That's, that's an interesting uh, linking there of IP with culture, sort of this cultural IP. I'm wondering, in that kind of logic, is there ever a time where something that starts off as cultural becomes so sort of universally known and accepted that it kind of loses its IP because now it's kind of shared? I'm thinking in particular of the story of Air New Zealand attempting to trademark the phrase kia Now, on the one hand, we can see it's a ridiculous request because it's, it's a common usage phrase at the very least, let alone being a Māori phrase. And of course, you can't really trademark a phrase like that and can't own that phrase. But I suppose from Air New Zealand's point of view, they were now seeing the phrase kia as transcendent, that it was now shared, it was owned by all Kiwis. Is that not true? Can, can, Can something become everybody's in the end? Well, I think, um, yeah, terms like kia ora and... uh you know, uh, Māori terms are becoming part of normal everyday conversation, and they are transcendent in the sense that they I- everyone uh, has, uh, a, you know, a right to participate in the use of those terms. But when you look at Air New Zealand as a, you know, we I, I would see it as a commercial venture um, that the name becomes a marketing tool for their profitability then then it then it gets into a a uh, cloudy kind of area well let's um, imagine though for a second though that it wasn't a profit related issue and of course with air news we could almost make the case in that it's primarily now a public owned government owned therefore owned by kiwis enterprise but even if it wasn't profitable if we took profit out can this idea that things now are so used universally that that cultural IP idea, in a sense, doesn't quite make as much sense of it? Yeah, I suppose um, there is... What, what I w- would suggest they do is, um, you know, they probably did, is go into the, the Māori world and seek some kind of consent to use it for that big imagery because it would be hard to divorce the use of that term with their business if you know what I mean um, uh, even though we would say that it isn't being used for financial gain um, it would be hard to how, how, how do you prove that but in saying that you know they, they must have there must be some cultural advice that is given to them and somebody that uh, that can actually uh, you know, on behalf of Māori, them give consent. So certainly, we can see how how money confuses things. But I'm wondering, at a cultural level, whether you're able to, in a sense, swap seats with me, uh, because, of course, from a Pākehā point of view, we don't really have any parallel stories. I mean, I can't think really of, of anything in European culture that we would hold on to so dearly that if somebody tried to use it for profit or for any other purpose who wasn't European, that we would just, we wouldn't care less, really. Uh, so, of course, from our point of view, from a European point of view, it's not easy to understand this high level of ownership and and sacredness because we don't have equivalent ideas. I mean, how what would you say to those who are struggling to connect? 
Well, if you just look at the imagery of Christ, or even a crucifix, you know, um, which to the maybe the Western world of those who are believers in that, and you, then you have artists who use that name or use the imagery of the crucifix in a derogatory term that actually defiles uh, Christ and defiles the story of Christianity and therefore defiles the believers, then, you know, that, I, I would say that's a pretty similar um, point of view because we would see things as cultural but also as religious, um, you know, which so the, the this Hindu symbolism is highly sacred in the sense that it's religious, but also we, we kind of, the idea that people are using these symbols and using the terms without a fuller understanding of how deep those that imagery or those terms are within a culture is, um, uh, you know, something that I suppose people are trying to hold on to their cultures in a global setting where uh, any, everything is free for all. Um, and so those things become part of uh, an intellectual property right to um, safeguard, you know, the authenticity, I suppose. It's trying to safeguard the authenticity of a culture which is being, which are being uh, globalised and colonialised um, to the point of, um, you know, being totally lost. And so you have got this whole idea of trying to hold on to uh, culturalisms uh, that that we don't uh, you know they're not we're not using them to the detriment of the culture so yeah I mean I would see Christ and the crucifix and you know that kind of thing as something that um, parallels hmm. a, a, um, a Maori worldview on that yeah, I can certainly appreciate that's a pretty good example, although, of course, it is different because we know that Christianity branches across cultures in terms of those who subscribe, but certainly maybe those who are struggling to connect could at least appreciate the pain of seeing an image misused, even if uh, that isn't an image that we hold to be precious ourselves. I'm sure many could imagine what that might feel like. I think also part of that challenge moving forward is our kind of global community and our global ethos is that it's more important to see uh, people, not their colour, not their race, not their ethnicity. And there is this sense in which including cultural language and symbols in mainstream usage is an attempt in a sense to say we're all in this together. Is there a place for that? Oh, totally. I think that, um, you know, our own people are, are you know, uh, are out there using our own imagery, our own terms of reference and our own language to, um, you know, be seen on the world stage. They just don't like it when people outside of the culture are using it for different types of gain that may not seem to be supporting the cultural framework, if you get what I mean, and so um, I, I don't, I don't think we have, um, we're not scared of the global, you know, uh, um, dispersal of our knowledge. Actually, we want that as long as it's done in in a an informed uh, 
way. I, I remember there were these dolls, these dolls that came out. <laughs> I think it was some German company, and uh, and they used they used the, the term tohunga. You know, these are tohunga dolls. You know, they were going, going out, and um, there was a you know a legal right against that term because they felt that uh, it was um, de- bringing, de- bringing detriment to what that term represented in our culture and that the dolls and the people making the dolls had no idea they just looked up the term in a dictionary you know so um you know we would be the same if we were going to use some something from Rarotonga or something from Russia or Native America or even American um we would still be uh, you know thinking our head how, how do we honor that or how can we gain permission to use it uh, in a way um, that we we would uh, enhance the mana of those of those um, the original people of those uh, images. You see, so it's a mindset that is uh, particularly indigenous, um, not wanting to have our our identity stolen, so um, or colonized again. Uh, and the idea that it's it's up to us to decide how how our cultures are portrayed in the world. You've used that so, word colonised a couple of times, and I know for a lot of Pakia people that's a, an awkward word because uh, it often feels like, oh, um, you're suggesting that I'm just like the people who first came and who, you know, um, aggressively took land and, and mistreated Māori, and I've never mistreated a Māori person in my life. But you've rightly pointed out that it's, it's more of a mindset now than it is a behaviour in terms of, you know, acquisition by force. What is the mindset? Can you help kind of crystallise? What is that colonial mindset that maybe someone who comes from a Pākehā background just takes for granted is the way the world is, but actually it's kind of a descendant of that colonial way of thinking? Oh, well, I think... Um I remember we used to, when we were kids, we used to go to the shop and you can get a tea towel. And on the tea towel, it's got a Māori chief. (laughs) One of the, you know, Lindau's paintings or Goldie's paintings, someone's uh, put this image on a tea towel. And um, you go, you know, and now people going, hold on, that, that, guy on that detail that image belongs to that family that live across the road that's their great great grandfather who was quite a a sacred warrior um who and therefore has quite a lot of mana but but someone didn't ask them if they could use that image to put on the detail to sell the detail you know um but the detail actually is for washing dishes of people's food or, you know, cleaning a dish after people have eaten on it. Well, well, food, those, the image of that chief in our mind is the chief, right? Therefore, food is a negative um, uh, term, or, or no, food in itself actually destroys tapu and destroys mana and so here we are using a tea towel uh, to 
with that chief's head on it uh, to uh, clean plates that you know low-born people have eaten off <laughs> and uh, you know have food on his face which is totally destroys the tapu of that ancestor in his genealogy so because uh, we we would never um, <clears throat> put food or a menial task like that associated with highborn chiefs because it brings high offense just from a cultural point of view so cooked food or you know cooked food is something that destroys tapu or the presence of chiefliness or identity in in um, a lineage so just that i just remember that alone we were we would look at these details and all of these kind of trinkets as tourist things and go man who they can't do that but who where did that actually come from you know or other things like plants certain plants in uh, Aotearoa that uh, in actual fact um, now the copyright ownership of the medicinal aspects of Maori or New Zealand plants are owned by some company in Germany or France and so in actual fact we actually have to get permission from a foreign country to use our own plants for medicinal purposes and who gave anyone the right to sell it in the first place you know um, so you know all of those things that's what the intellectual property rights Waitangi Tribunal claim was all about was the right of ownership to have a say in the decisions around aspects of our culture that are were being sold off as assets to, to other nations um, so a little thing from a tea towel to a, uh, a koa koa plant it's medicinal purposes being sold to Germany or France or someone so could we say then that the colonial mindset is much more in a sense an assumption the assumption being if I want to use it I can and I won't even dawn on me to ask does this mean anything to anybody else would anybody else be hurt by this or have a different view of this as long as I fancy using it that's all I need to know and that essentially the colonial attitude that still lives in modern people is this sense that we don't need to ask anybody the fact that we want to do it is all we need to know yeah i would say that is uh, a, a, a colonial point of view but i would say I, i'd say it's become part of a business mindset let's just you know um and uh but but these days i don't think you can move that way now uh, if you want to be authentic so we want to use authentic ideas and so um, there is a, a, a Maori uh, uh, organization or a mark you know a, a mark that you can put on your product I think it's under toy Iho, uh, which is um, actually validates your product uh, within a Māori framework to be to be used around the world, and that Māoridom actually, in some ways, um, respects that and actually consents to it. So there is a whole process in that as well um, that you can go online and check it out. And you know, if you want to be authentic and more um, respectful of a cultural ways of uh, of marketing and display and all of those sorts of things um you know like a lot of i mean i work in the film world and I'm, we're constantly 
having to look at storylines in characters to make sure that the the Maori characters in the films and in the scripts, especially if they're historical, are actually authentic for the time. And um, so e- even there, you're having to look at um, the, uh, you know the the way that we are um, portrayed, I suppose, portrayed in the public sphere in the New Zealand and the global arena to make sure that we're portrayed as a people, uh, portrayed in a way that is authentic. Um, because, uh, you know, years ago, people would make films, or, but we were never included in the creative process and also the editing process and then the marketing process. So, uh, and uh, people would uh, um, put our images out there without in, in ways that uh, were um, defamatory. Um, so, yeah, we do have a mindset that's uh, <laughs> watching out for that all the time. Um, there was a recent uh, um, artist, I think, where she was using uh, tamoko um, that uh, belonged to living people, but had used it without actually asking those who wear it. And, and so that caused a huge ruckus. Um, so the whole idea, that's coming down to uh, the idea of copyright again, cultural copyright, intellectual property rights, which are, you know, are becoming, uh, uh, um, well, which is a very valid way of looking at, uh, at the way we do business. So Brad Harmy has introduced us all to this new idea called cultural IP, intellectual property. And I suspect it's a real thing, isn't it? Certainly, it's a way of valuing, because I suppose in the commercial world, we know what IP is and we know how important it is and how you can't nick somebody else's IP. So it's been a good idea, I think, to adopt that sort of language, cultural IP. Now we understand why it's precious and why we can't use it without permission. And yet it seems that permission is not too hard to get as long as you take the effort to get to know people to ask them to talk about what is appropriate use. Certainly what I've learned from today's episode is how my impulses are not to ask. That I just figure somehow that if I want to use something I can and I don't need to think twice about it. Now I don't know if that's some sort of colonial DNA within me. Perhaps it is. I mean perhaps these things run so deep that we are simply not conscious of them. What is clear is that what was acceptable a generation ago is no longer acceptable. We need to learn to relate to other people from other groups on their terms rather than on ours so that when we do use things from other cultures everybody's okay with that and it is part of the great melting pot where we're getting to enjoy being a global citizen and a global community but let's make sure that we don't do that just assuming that other people are happy with our choices remember what they say about assuming Well, I'd like to hear your thoughts about this. Ever been accused of cultural appropriation? Felt hard done by? Been mistaken, misunderstood, misjudged? Get in touch. Activeintelligence.nz is the website and you can subscribe there so that every episode of Active Intelligence comes straight into your inbox. We'll see you next time on Active Intelligence. (laughs) 